When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. What happens when a guy doesn't want to be on a team but has no choice and has to play? This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Emmett Golden alongside Chris Canty. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Chris, we know Jonathan Taylor has been uh, given the go-ahead to find a trade partner, but the deadline is coming up at 4 o'clock Eastern today. What happens if he can't find a trade partner and he has to come back and be on the roster for the Colts? Well, if he's on the roster for the Colts, that doesn't necessarily mean he's got to play for the Colts. And I think that's where Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor gets some of his leverage from. Remember, this is a guy that had off-season ankle surgery, and that's the reason why he started training camp on the physically unable to perform list. Who's to say that after the first four games of the regular season, which he would be forced to miss by being on the pup list, that he's going to be healthy enough to go out there and play or that he's going to be feel motivated to play. Now, listen, I know that Jonathan Taylor would probably point to the ankle as to why he can't play. But in reality, we all know it's probably a motivator, motivator cuff issue tied to the fact <laughs> that he doesn't have the money or the contract that he's looking for. But needless to say that Jonathan Taylor has this thing teed up where he could sit out for the foreseeable future and the Colts have no choice but to pay him. Yeah, I, I think that would be worst-case scenario for everyone. Because if you're the Colts, don't you just want to move on? You know, uh, I get it. He's a really good uh, running back. But if you're petty and go, I need to get the most out of him, you know, in value in return, it just would be mixed messages because you already told the guy he's not valuable enough to pay. So to nickel and dime a trade partner uh, just to get the most out of a guy that you obviously don't value, to me, seems like they're hustling backwards. Yeah, it seems like they're hustling backwards. Now, let's also keep this in mind. This is a self-imposed deadline for the Colts. The Colts can actually keep him on their active roster. They don't have to put him on the pup list. It would just be at a disadvantage from a strategic standpoint because it would be one less live body that they would have early on in the regular season. But the Colts could presumably extend this thing. Like, There's no reason to say that they've got to do a deal today Otherwise, they're going to keep on the pup list. They can take him off the pup list and still not trade Jonathan Taylor. It just means that they have one less roster spot. But for a team that's pushing a reset button, how, how much of a disadvantage is it, really? Mm-hmm. So, again, the Colts are trying to, to pressurize this situation in order to extract maximum value. But the reality is that there's probably more leverage on the sides of the team's that are vying for Jonathan Taylor's services and for Jonathan Taylor himself as opposed to the Indianapolis Colts. Because one thing is clear to me based on where the relationship between the player and the team is at, that Jonathan Taylor ain't playing for the Colts no time soon. So in order for the Colts to get anything for from him, they're going to have to make a move, either by paying him or by trading him. Let's hear from Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. He was on Get Up, and he talked about what will happen if the Colts can't find a trade partner. 
if the Colts don't find a team willing to give them what they want and also give Jonathan Taylor what he wants contractually, uh, then he ends up staying with Indianapolis. The question is, what would that look like? The relationship between the player and the team seems to be fractured. If he stays with Indianapolis, they probably put him on the PUP list, which means he's out for the first four games. And then how long does that injury that he's coming off of linger? Like, I still feel like common sense has to take over at some point and the Colts end up finding whatever the best deal is and moving on from a potentially ugly situation. But common sense does not always take over uh, when we're talking about the way NFL teams act. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. I'm Emmett Golden alongside Chris Canty. And to the point you just made, Chris, this is a self-imposed deadline. The NFL trade deadline isn't until later in the season. So if you do keep Taylor on the roster, you could still move him in week two, three, four, five. Like, they still have options. It's not as definitive as at 4 o'clock all this is over. No, but here's the thing. We kind of have an idea of what the compensation is going to look like. All you got to do is go back to last year in the middle of the season where the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey. We know that that was a second-round plus. If I'm not mistaken, it involved second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick staggered across two drafts. So we know what the compensation should be thereabouts. So I, I, And here's the thing. With Josh Jacobs having that enhanced one-year deal, we kind of have an idea about what the money's going to look like. It's going to be $13 million a year or more. And you're talking about a four- or five-year deal. So I just – I, I it, this is this is the thing. What the Colts have to decide is whether or not Jonathan Taylor is a part of their long-term plans. If he is, then go ahead and pay him and be done with it. Don't let this be a distraction looming over your team when you're preparing to start a quarterback that's a rookie in week one. Go ahead and make a decision on what you're going to do with Jonathan Taylor and then move forward that way. Whether you keep him, whether you trade him, I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. But allowing this to stay in limbo by virtue of not appeasing the player in one way or the other makes no sense at all. Yeah, it's just kind of pettiness from Jim Irsay, right? <laughs> like Jim just doesn't want to. But it's the lose definition this. of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like, why are you right. doing that? It does. It, that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense for your franchise, and that doesn't help your young quarterback, who is ultimately the most important player moving forward. So I just I don't get why they're allowing this to continue to be a distraction. I get principle, and I get doing things off of GP, but this is not one of those situations where you pick this hill to die on. And if they do move on, one of the teams that seems like have been the most interested are the Miami Dolphins. What could Jonathan Taylor do for the Dolphins? I mean, the Dolphins go to being the favorite in the AFC East. And, you know, I'd say probably a top three contender in the conference. Like, I would have them right there with the division winner of the AFC North and the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, that's where the, that's the territory that the Dolphins would be in. And I get it. That, that's, that's a far cry from where they've been over the last couple of decades. But that's what Jonathan Taylor does. Think about this. Over the last two years, Jonathan Taylor is top five in yards from scrimmage. He's second in yards after contact. And he's second in in runs of 10 yards or more. What that tells you is he's one of the most explosive players in the NFL, and you're adding him to a skill position core that already features the fastest player with the ball in his hands in the NFL in Tyreek Hill and one of the fastest players in the NFL in Jalen Waddell. 
I, I just, I, I think, yeah, I mean, you might as well be a four by one relay team on the track. <laughs> Hell, you can send, you can send them as the U.S.'s relay team in the 2024 Olympics in Paris, and they probably uh, medal. Like that's that, how fast those dudes are. Yeah, but so, that I mean, might like, hurt. I, I just, think, I just the most. You know, exactly. we right, be right. Exactly. That. that just might exactly. hurt. Exactly. World, Olaf. world champion of that. No, Olaf. Right. But all I'm simply saying <laughs> is this: like th- that team automatically elevates. There's mm-hmm. pressure taken off of Tua. There's pressure taken off of the offensive line, especially knowing they're going to be without Teron Armstead for a bit. So I just think it makes a lot of sense if you're Miami to do it, especially when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Is there any other teams that you look at and go, you know what, Jonathan Taylor could do that, if not more, for a different team? I'm going to tell you one that's a little bit sexy. And I know people aren't thinking about it, but it makes all the sense in the world. The Philadelphia Eagles. Isn't this a Howie Roseman kind of move, the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, I get it. They lost Miles Sanders in free agency, traded for DeAndre Swift. They're paying DeAndre Swift less than $2 bucks this year, and that's an expiring contract. Why wouldn't I explore the opportunity to bring on Jonathan Taylor? Remember, Nick Sirianni was in Indianapolis when Jonathan Taylor was a rookie, so there's some familiarity there. The Eagles want to run the football. That's a part of their DNA. And the Eagles have a... Second, second round pick in 2024. They got two second round picks in 2024. So they have the ammunition and they have the opportunity. And I believe they have the cap flexibility to pull off this kind of move for Jonathan Taylor. If you do that, then I think you have to look at the Eagles as the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, there is there's something else you got to think about when it comes to this Taylor thing. Whoever trades for him has to pay him. You know, they, they got to pay yeah. him. And Josh Jacobs kind of reset the market. And it doesn't seem like a ton of money. It seems like, a, you know, a, an area of a contract that a lot of teams would be able to finesse and fit under their salary cap. Well, yeah. Well, listen, the teams that are interested know that they're going to have to pay Jonathan Taylor. You had six teams call Indy and two or three that have already made offers. So like, the rest of the NFL is telling you that what Jonathan Taylor's agent is asking for is not unreasonable based on the caliber of player that he is. That's what the league is telling us. So we have to take it at face value. He's going to get his money if, the, if he ends up getting traded because of what teams would have to give up to the Colts in order to get him. They would go ahead and lock the player in and, and pay him. So it just this is a situation now where the Colts just got to make up their damn mind on what they want to do, which is easier said than done when you're dealing with a mercurial owner like Jim Ursay that likes to shoot his mouth off on social media. And this also makes me, hearing you know the amount of teams that are interested, makes me believe the whole running backs aren't valuable in the NFL thing. No, they just weren't valuable to the Colts, uh, to the Giants, and, and, to, and, you know, and to the Raiders because it feels like there are other teams that are willing to pay these guys because maybe they feel they're more important to what their future uh, has in store. Well, I, I don't think it's a matter of teams not recognizing what running backs bring to the table. I think it's teams hedging against running back shelf life. Like a running back after his first five years, you're talking about being on the downside of his career. He's out of his prime. For most players, they don't get into their prime until after their third or fourth season. So I, I think because of the nature of the position, the amount of punishment that running backs take, teams aren't willing to line up and give them top-of-the-market deals 
and top of the market money for anything less than their prime years. And I think that's why running backs have such a hard time because by the time it gets set to, by the time you become eligible for a contract extension, you're already halfway done with your prime. So I think Jonathan Taylor is hitting it right at the right spot because he's going into his fourth year. So presumably a team would have multiple years of a player in his prime. And I think that's why you're seeing so, so much robust interest in Jonathan Taylor. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, we want your calls. 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That's 1-888-729-3776. What team needs to make a trade for Jonathan Taylor in the next few hours? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. The Browns are back at it again. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Emmett Golden. Alongside Chris Canty, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. So, Chris, I'm here in Cleveland. I, uh, you know, uh, do an afternoon show for ESPN, Cleveland, cover the Browns, Cavs, Guardians, all of that. And yesterday was a day for the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) It was a day. So we'll start the day off with um, a year ago they drafted a kicker out of LSU, Kate York, in the fourth round. High draft pick for a kicker, right? But he was the best kicker in college football. Last year he went on to miss more kicks than anybody else. And Mm. this preseason Mm. he missed more kicks than anybody else. And it don't take a whole lot to figure out what happens next. They cut Cade York and then traded a seventh-round pick to the Chargers for veteran kicker Dustin Hopkins. If a guy's missing kicks, you can't keep him around. No, not at all. But didn't he get hurt in the last preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs too? So, uh, oh, no. so it was a phantom injury. He was, just, he was, fake, he was faking an injury because he missed the kick. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Understood. He didn't want to be embarrassed. But that's insult to injury. I mean, listen, you got to do what you got to do. I, I've always said this. Kickers aren't football players. They're barely even people. So, I mean, I, I get it. Like, like may, maybe, maybe just maybe Cleveland 
didn't get that evaluation on K. Mm-hmm. York, right? But it is what it is. I still don't think that's going to keep Cleveland from getting to where they want to be this year. Yeah, I agree with that. But here's another thing. Just to insult the injury, right? You know it's a tough day, tough two days, yesterday and today, because it's cut down day. And a lot of of good players, a lot of good people are losing their jobs today. Well, uh, yesterday, offensive lineman Michael Dunn was wished a happy birthday by the Cleveland Browns. Dunn had been the the sixth offensive lineman. He had had been the rotational guy. Uh, They cut him like two hours later. So it was like, happy birthday, but you no longer have a job. So a little, um, not a lot of communication going on between the front office and the social media team, uh, obviously, but it was a tough day. Made me think of this question, though. What's the worst birthday gift you've ever received? Oh, worst birthday gift I've ever received. I don't know. I mean, listen, a lot of, a lot, uh, listen, the fact that anybody would want to get me a birthday gift, it's always much appreciated. Now, if you get a car, you know what? I got it. Worst birthday gift I've ever received was a card from one of my uncles with no money in it. Oh. How the hell do you get somebody a birthday <laughs> gift and, and you give with them a no card mo- yeah. with no money in it? Like, I'm, I'm sitting here taking the card out there. I'm looking in the envelope making sure the money didn't get stuck in the envelope. I'm looking around on the floor. Maybe the money fell out before I actually opened the car. Where, where did the money go? Like, I don't understand that. Like, if you're going to give somebody car. a card, right? <laughs> like, just having them acknowledge your birthday is cool. But don't give me a card with no money in it. Because then yeah. me and you going to have a problem. So that's probably the worst birthday gift I've ever gotten. One of my uncles, he knows who he is. I ain't got to say his name. But he gave me a card with no money in it. How the hell you do that? And that is wild. I, I'll tell you my story in just a second. I want to remind everybody that we do want to hear from you. Uh, where should Jonathan Taylor end up? One eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. That's one eight 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 say ESPN. So Chris, I had a lot of bad birthday gifts. My birthday is January first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of times my parents. Well, we're hungover on the morning of my birthday, for <laughs> obvious reason. But there's nothing worse than this. I my 40th birth three years ago. I'm turning 40, and I go, "This is a big deal." I tell my wife, "Baby, I'm booking us a room at this place. They're having this big New Year's Eve ball, and I'm excited because I'm gonna kick it. It's my 40th birthday." And she says, "I don't want to do that." Mm. I was like, "I feel mm. you, but I want to do it. I it's my go. birthday." Yeah. I want to Like, go. there's a whole song, Two Chains. It's your birthday. Right. Like, there's a whole, it's a whole thing. whole thing. It's your birthday. Whole thing. I tell her, I say, I understand that, but listen, I want to drink a little bit, right? It's my 40th birthday. I don't want to have to drive anywhere. I want to be yeah. safe. My career is going well. I don't want to ruin it, but I yeah. want to have a great time. She said, I don't want to go. I want to go over your sister's house. I said, okay, fine. We'll go over my sister's house. We oh, she's teeing my, it up. She's teeing it up. She's teeing it up. Bro, we went over my – no. We went over my sister's house. There was no surprise party there, no. No surprise party? No. Hell no. No, none at all. I they, thought they were setting it up for that. No, wow. Chris, they had a ball. They, I was sitting there watching them stone cold sober. They had a ball, and I'm like, this is how I'm bringing in my 40th birthday, watching everybody else have a good time. So they was just over there yucking it up, chopping, oh, and, and you sitting there in the corner, like, like in timeout with your lip 
poked out like like what I was mean, going on. Chris, it was one of those like those get-togethers where there were unlimited stories that came out of it. Right? Uh-huh. Oh, you remember this person did this? Oh, ha ha ha. I was stone cold sober. Wow. And I made, <laughs> and I made wow. shit. We got home safe and my career's still on track. Wow. But that was the worst birthday gift that I've ever received. Yes. All right, we want to hear from you. She got to go a long ways to making that up for you, bro. There's no way. There is no way. That is awful. Bro, I've been on that for years. That's how your 40th went down? That's how my 40th went down. At my sister's house? Yeah. Man, come on. No surprise party to speak of? No. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, couldn't even get my drink on either. (laughs) What did you do for her next birthday after that? Um, let me see. Dirty I think we socks. went to a no, nah, I think we went to like this randomly they have a vineyard in Cleveland. I think we went there, if I'm not mistaken, for her birthday. Oh, that I'm sounds nice. A, I'm not a grudge holder, right? That's that's I'm I don't believe in tit for tat. I believe in, you know, take taking the, the higher step, right? But I'm still mad about it. As you can obviously hear. As you should I'm be. Furious. Well, yeah, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm not you and I'm not the Obamas. When somebody go low, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go low. I'm going to get my lick back. So if you're not going to show up for me on a birthday, I'm damn sure going to go out of my way to make sure you have a terrible time the next time you really want to be celebrated. But that's just me. I'm spiteful like that. Yeah, I never wanted to win an <laughs> argument bad enough where I had to deal with, like, I won – but I'm sleeping on the couch, or I yeah. won, and not a, I'm, I'm miserable. Like, yeah, I go ahead. You can have that. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm Jim, Lev- Jim Ursay level spiteful <laughs> when people do me wrong. Like, that's where I'm going. Like, I'm going I'm to go out of my way to make sure you know I felt the way about what you did back when. Period. <laughs> end, end of conversation. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're asking you at 1-888-729-3776. Where do you think Jonathan Taylor will end up at 4 o'clock? Will he be traded? Where should he be traded to? Let's go to Indianapolis and talk to Chris. Chris, what you got for us? Hey, first thing first, uh, I'm loving the new combination of you guys. Thank and you. it sounds like the hosts are having fun. Uh, the listeners have fun with you. So, well, Thank you. Good on <laughs> Keep it rolling. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, here in Indy, we love John Taylor. Love it. Uh, you, you hear the guy talk. He's he's in the community. Great dude. And we want him to stay here. Um, I think, frankly, at 4 o'clock, the Colts are going to play hardball. And he's going to get activated from the PUP. And when that happens... Uh, he's going to have a choice to grab his gear and show up to practice tomorrow or not and, and lose that money. And I, I think it's going there. And, well, Chris, Chris, he, Chris, he's not going to – Chris, he's, Chris, Chris, he doesn't lose any money if he can't play because of the injury. And, and here's the thing. When it comes to an injury that's been well-documented like his, the, the trainers, the doctors for the team can't – dictate to when the player feels comfortable setting foot on the field. So that therein lies the issue for the Colts. It's a lot of gray. It's very convoluted, but that's something that the players can use to their advantage because they can't make the player go out there if the player doesn't feel that he's healthy enough to perform. Yet the player can still continue to cash those checks because it was a football-related injury that he suffered. So that's the part where Indianapolis has to 
look at this situation with sober eyes and make a definitive determination on whether or not Jonathan Taylor is a part of their long-term plans. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. And coming up, should I stay or should I go? That's what these players will be asking themselves in the next few years. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. A little bit of breaking news in the NFL. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, I'm Emmett Golden, alongside Chris Canty, uh, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let me tell you about AutoZone starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries if that fits your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination, getting a zone Auto zone. Uh, Chris, little breaking news here. This is from our own Adam Schefter. Buffalo is leaving Von Miller on the physically unable to perform list past Tuesday's 4 p.m. deadline, which means he is ineligible to be active during the first four, uh, four games of the season. So that means Von Miller will miss Buffalo's first four games at the Jets in New York against the Raiders at Washington and at home against the Dolphins. Your reaction? Yeah, I mean, if you're one of those AFC East teams, especially considering the New York Jets are hosting that game Monday Night Football on September 11th, that that becomes a must-win for you. Like The the margin for error is razor thin for the teams in the AFC East. If you're talking about Von Miller missing two division games, well, the Jets and the Dolphins got to cash those in as wins. Like That is going to be a question mark that we have to watch for the Buffalo Bills early on this season. They got a lot of moving parts on that defense. Remember, Leslie Frazier is no longer the defensive coordinator. Sean McDermott is taking over those play-calling duties. The guy that was the signal caller, Tremaine Edmonds, in the middle of that defense, he's no longer there. He's with the Chicago Bears. He defected in free agency. So they did add Leonard Floyd as a pass rusher. They're expecting big things from Greg Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa. They did. They do have Shaq Lawson. Those are going to be the guys that are responsible for putting pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. And we got to watch whether or not that group is going to be able to get that done in the wake of not being able to have Von Miller for the first quarter of the year. Remember, that group struggled when Von Miller was off the field last yeah. season. So it'd be interesting to see whether or not they've been able to grow up after one offseason and understanding that they're starting the season without their best defensive player. Yeah, it it definitely hurts. Uh, With the way the preseason has been set up, I've began to look at the first four games of the year as the real preseason. It counts, but I I feel like there are a number of teams that start off hot and you go, oh, they might be contenders. And the number of teams that start off slow and you go, oh, it's over for them. But then you figure out who teams really are in weeks five, six, and seven. How will this affect the Bills making the playoffs in the tough AFC East? Well, I think it's going to be – it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs, period, right? Because, yeah. I mean, the Dolphins are good. The New York Jets figure to be better with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. We'll see what happens with the Patriots. But just look at the landscape of the conference. There's so many good teams. 
I mean, the, the, the AFC North. I, I can make a case for all four of those teams being in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the AFC West, you got the Kansas City Chiefs, you got the L.A. Chargers. We'll see what happens with the Denver Broncos now that Sean Payton's in town. Like, th- th- there is a lot of competition in the conference, a lot of parity. And if you're the Bills starting off the season without Vaughn Miller, which is the guy that everybody circles in offensive game plan meetings the week ahead of the Bills matchup, like if you don't have him, then then who are the pressure players on your defense? You got Matt Milano, who's a fine player. I mean, he's, a, he's an all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber guy. But, I mean, outside of him, who, who else do you have? There aren't a whole lot of guys that can wreck the game for opposing offenses that you can rely on. And so I think that's the interesting thing that we have to watch for. Can the Bills develop some of those guys across their defensive front with their four-man rush? If they can't, this is going to be a long season for Buffalo. We could be talking about a team that everybody is picking to win the division being on the outside looking into the playoffs. That's how, that's how big of an impact this can have just because the margin of error is so small. It might be tough for them to put pressure on the opponent in the first four weeks, but the the absence of Von Miller puts a ton of pressure on the Jets week one. Sounds crazy to say week one is a must win, but it's a must win for the Jets. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. You you see the 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 first six games of their schedule. It's absolutely brutal, man. Like you got the Bills on the road against the Cowboys, the Patriots at home, the Chiefs at home on the road against Denver, which is never easy, and then home against the Eagles. That's your first six games. If the Jets go 500 in their first six games, that's a win in my book. That's how tough that portion of the schedule is. The Jets got to just survive. But to me, if you're going to go 500 and I'm going ahead and I'm giving them wins against the Patriots and the Broncos, you got to win against the Buffalo Bills with no Von Miller. Like, you absolutely have to get that done. But you talk about the pressure that's on the Jets to win week one. Think about the pressure that's on Josh Allen now that that defense doesn't have Von Miller. Everybody is lauding Josh Allen as a top three quarterback in the NFL. Well, now it's time for him to step up and prove that. And we're, we're going to have to see him overcome a defense that's fr- trying to find its footing with all of the new pieces on that side of the ball and Leslie Frazier no longer being the D.C. It can't be the Josh Allen that we saw have 19, was it 19 turnovers in 23 games? Last? It, it can't be that. It, or 23 turnovers in 19 games. It can't be that guy. Like 23 turnovers, 19 games last year, seven in the red zone. We can't get that version of Josh Allen. He's got to be a much better version of himself especially with the defense gonna, you know, having to try to figure out who they are early on in the season with Novon Miller. So, yeah, there's a ton of pressure on the Jets to win week one, but there's also a ton of pressure on Josh Allen in the first quarter of the season knowing that that defense is going to be a work in progress. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. And it's time to play a little stay or go. We bring in our producer, Cam Pratt. Uh, He'll toss out the players, and we will decide whether they will be on the same team now or are gone within the next five years. Cam, what you got for us? All right. We're going three different sports. We've got football, basketball, baseball. We're going to start in the NFL. Tua Tungo-Vailoa, Dolphins pick up his fifth-year option earlier this year. Obviously, some health concerns with him but a great team around him Emmett I'll start with you will Tua stay or go from the Dolphins in the next five years 
I think Tua stays. The only way he goes is if it if it if he's affected by concussions. You know, if that kind of lingers on, then maybe you know he might have to retire at some point. But I think the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins love him, and I think they'll be a good team. So I think he stays. Chris, what about you? I'm going to say stay, Emmett, and I'm a two and non believer. I wasn't going into last year, but I am now. I'm always going to root for a guy. Um, to be able to stay healthy on the field. I hate to see his career get cut short due to the concussions, to injuries. So I'm, 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 rooting, I'm rooting for him that he'll be available. If he is available and on the field, he's one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. So I, I, I'm going to say, yes, Tua is going to be around long-term for the Miami Dolphins. Next. All right, we're going to the NBA. Giannis making some comments the other day that might have Bucks fans sweating. He did sign a five-year extension in 2020, so still got a couple years left on that deal. But, Canty, I'll start with you. We were just talking about it the other day. Giannis staying or going from Milwaukee in the next five years? I'm going to say go. And based on his comments and him questioning the Bucks organization's commitment to winning at the highest levels and keeping the pieces around him, he wasn't too fond of the move for them getting rid of Budenholzer and hiring Adrian Griffin, especially when there are other coaches out there with better resumes, including Nick Nurse, who ended up in Philly. So I, I just I think this is a situation where Giannis gets out of Milwaukee. He's got two more years left on the deal, but in reality, this is a one-year trial period for the Bucks. If they can't convince, convince him to stay this upcoming season, they'll be forced to trade him before he walks in free agency after two years. So I'm going to say that the big buck, Giannis Antetokounmpo, changes addresses after the upcoming season. I'm going to say he goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. He goes. He won a championship, and when you win a championship, you don't have to say you're sorry. You can do what you please. So he got the Bucks a ring, and he will leave, I think, in the next year or two. So I will say go. What's next? All right, we're going to baseball. The hottest name in baseball is Shohei Otani, shut down from pitching for the rest of the year. Still dominating at the plate, though. Free agency coming up. Emmett, I'll start with you. Shohei Otani, staying or going from L.A. in the next five years? First thing, smoking. In the next five months, (laughs) he is gone. (laughs) He is gone. They should have traded him at the trade deadline. It was a terrible mistake. He is chucking the deuces. He's out of here. Shohei is gone. Chris, what do you think? Well, damn, Emmett, where is he going? We know he don't want to leave the left coast. Like, it, it ain't a whole lot of teams out there. Like, Giants? What are you talking about? It's, it's, it's San Francisco. Yeah. It, it's it's Seattle. It's the Angels. It's the Dodgers. I'm going to disqualify maybe? the – Huh? I'm, Rangers, maybe? I know it's a little more nah, to the middle of the country. Nah, he ain't going to Texas, bro. Look, he ain't okay. going to Texas. It's a West Coast team because he wants to be close to home. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the A's were getting on that. The A's are notoriously cheap. So I mean, listen, it's it's a one in four, one in five chance that he stays with your team. I'll take them odds, especially if I'm gonna throw this guy five hundred million. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna say he stays with the Angels. All right. By the way, the Angels are eleven and a half games out of a playoff spot right now, so uh, not doing too great uh, no. down there. All right, Dak Prescott. A lot of talk about him. Trey Lance traded to the Cowboys. Canty, is Dak staying or going in the next five years? He's going. He's going. Going, going, gone. The, the $60 million cap hit is untenable for the Cowboys in 2024, which means they're going to have to give Dak an extension or they're going to have to trade him. I'm going to lean toward trading him and letting somebody else fit the bill. Jerry already didn't want to pay him the first time when he gave him $40 million a year, including $70 million in year one. Those numbers only going to go up. 
You think Jerry Jones wants to write a check after the season to Dak Prescott for $100 million if they don't get past the divisional round of the playoffs? Hell no. They're probably going to move on from McCarthy if they don't do that. I can't imagine that they're going to let their quarterback get yet another head coach fired and have another head coach to be their dude. So I just I think Dak is on his way out of Dallas, and the Trey Lance move was just – uh, a prelude to that happening in the next six or seven months. Yeah, I think he is gone and that the Cowboys will regret it. You know, I think it's a situation they'll go, oh, we'll get somebody that's better. And it's hard to find quarterbacks better than Dak Prescott. There are some in the NFL, but there are a lot that are way worse than Dak Prescott. I'm just, I'm just going to float this out there. Maybe, maybe if Kyler Murray's available. Maybe, Ooh, say, maybe if Kyler Murray's available. Okay. Just, just float it out. Maybe if Kyler Murray's healthy and available, just – Put that out there. Okay. Put that out there. He, he, is, he, he is from about 10 minutes away from where the Dallas Cowboys play football. Just putting it out there. All right. We'll keep, uh, keep an eye on that. Cam, what do we have next? All right. Back to the NBA we go. The MVP of the NBA, Joel Embiid, now in a bit of a cluster expletive in uh, Philly. Emmett, I'll start with you. Joel Embiid, the MVP, staying or going in the next five years? I think he's gone. They've tried a bunch of stuff around him. It's not working, and it'll be one of those situations where he'll probably look them in the eyes and go, it's not you, it's me. I need to go somewhere (laughs) else for my health, for me. So I think Joel ultimately leaves the Sixers. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I'm going to say he goes to – I don't know how the Sixers get much better than what they were last year, especially with a disgruntled Harden. They don't have a ton of flexibility – um, right now. Now, we'll see what happens next year when they got some salaries that are due to come off the books. I think Tobias Harris is done, P.J. Tucker's done, so they'll have the ability to be able to move some pieces around the chessboard, but there's no telling whether or not Joel is going to be fed up with the franchise by the time we get to that point. So I'm going to say he goes there. I mean, the New York Knicks, Knicks fans would go crazy if they were able to get a former MVP in Joel Embiid as their centerpiece to build around. Um, so yeah, and they have assets in cap space. So I just, I, I think Embiid more likely than not ends up leaving Philly in the next year. All right. Last one, Aaron judge on the Yankees. Canty, is he staying or going in the next five years? Oh, he's staying. Aaron does stay. Aaron does ain't going nowhere. He's going to finish his career as a New York Yankee. Uh, like he's the one shiny bright spot that Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman can hold up. Oh, you know, based on where this team is at right now, I don't think Brian Cashman is going to be there much longer, but Aaron Judge will. So I'm going to say stay. Yes, Aaron Judge is a Yankee for life, I believe. They'll retire his number if they can. I don't know. They got so many retired numbers. There may not be any numbers left to retire because they still have to field a roster. But, yeah, the safest guy in New York is Aaron Judge uh, with his ability. And some tells me he he uh, is, goes over well with all the folks in New York. He's Chris Canty. I'm Emmett Golden. You've been listening to Greeny. Coming up next, more ESP. Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.